Ladies and gentlemen, non-binary persons, Teslaites and troglodytes, the audio presentation you are about to enjoy discusses casinos and gambling. We strongly recommend that you do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose or need to pay your bills. The past performances of our host and his guests are not indicative of anyone's future results. If you think you may have a gambling problem, please contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know your local problem gambling hotline number, send an email to help at casinocombat.com and we will find that number for you and make sure you have it. Everything presented as part of this episode of Casino Combat is based in facts and actual events. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted to prevent listener boredom. It's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler, a vest-wearing, ring-wearing, getting ready to do some jet-flying son of a gun. This is episode 74 of our Casino Combat Podcast 3D in 1D. As always, recorded live in the glorious Casino Combat Studios located in parts unknown. Welcome everyone, thanks for taking some of your time to listen to me ramble about gambling. We've not done this in a while, so let's do a little Casino Combat 101 before we really get things started. Let's kind of, uh, you know, get the com- Casino Combat basics out there to get new listeners up to speed on what we do here and why we do it. I enjoy living a casino lifestyle. I like nice hotel rooms, different restaurants, fun bars, gambling, swimming pools, and movie stars. That said, I really can't afford to pay what it costs to enjoy all those things as often as I would like. So, over the course of 30 plus years, I figured out how to beat the game of casino gambling. And I did that so that I can enjoy all of those things on a regular basis. And I want to make a profit. And that's the tricky part. Most months that profit is in cash. Sometimes that profit is just in comps and gifts. Either way, I consider that winning. This podcast is my attempt to teach others how to do the same thing. Do the things that I do. In this podcast, I discuss good gambling technique, wagering systems, money management, discipline, and exploiting reward systems, among other things. And I throw in some stories about the things that have happened to me in my life as a gambler. Back in episode 22, I revealed that one of our listeners had started playing a game hidden in the podcast from episode 1. That game has had eight winners. We call them Inner Circle members. If you'd like to join, I encourage you to listen to episode 22 and play along. In this podcast, we spell lots of things with a K, and there's a very simple reason for that. When I went to buy the website domain Casino Combat, it was significantly cheaper if I spelled combat with a K instead of a C. And that's how the whole thing was born. We're going to find lots of things that are spelled with a K if you stick around this podcast for a while. If you go to the Casino Combat website, the one that I purchased with the K because it was cheaper, you will see at the top of the main page links to our various social media accounts as well as to our YouTube page. On the YouTube page, there is a boot camp, spelled with a K of course, playlist that covers the core concepts, concepts spelled with a K. It's a series of short 10 to 15 minute lessons and the core concepts are everything you need to know to be good at the game of casino gambling. And you can do that with that playlist in less than 90 minutes. And in that playlist, I have tried to keep the jokes and stories to the bare minimum. It is about education. At least that particular playlist is about education. If you check that out or any of our other social media accounts, we always appreciate any likes, shares, ratings, comments, or other social media interactions that you would be willing to donate to the podcast. If you have some to spare, we would appreciate it if you uh, donated some of them to us. Also on the website, there is a section called Fred 4.6, where we have a variety of podcast-related items that you can download, including decision trees for the various wagering systems, a list of the casino wisdoms that we talk about in the podcast, and a short ebook on how I play slots called Casino Combat Slot Tactics. I mentioned our inner circle members before, people who've won the people who've won the game hidden in the podcast. There is an inner circle section on the website as well, and that lists all of the members and provides a bit of bo- podcast bio for each of them. We have a TRG recommend section on the website with links to a variety of books I have mentioned during the podcast, as well as some wearable, wearable items like the vest I use to stay organized during a casino trip and some gambling earrings that Mrs. TRG likes. 
Full disclosure, we used Amazon affiliate links to create that section of the website. If you make a purchase from those links, we may get a small commission from Amazon to help support the podcast. And we have just decided that we are going to do a massive overhaul of the website, move it from something that uh, I've I've kept up with my uh, modest skills to something more professionally put together. So that's coming soon. Finally, if you're new to the podcast, if this is one of the first times you've ever listened, if you've never heard a Casino Combat 101 intro before, if you need something, if you need help with something, if there's a question you have, if there's a question about gambling you have, if there's a question about your specific gambling that you have, you are welcome to email me via trg at casinocombat.com, and I will try to help in whatever way that I can. All right, so what are we going to do today? What is the battle plan for this episode of Casino Combat? It's pretty simple, really. We are going to do a core concept segment, and I'm going to share with you a conservative variation on the Meta Martingale wagering system that I've been using recently, and I'm pretty happy with this modification. Then I'm going to do a really probably pretty boring travel segment, and I say boring because the month ended with just local gambling due to the Thanksgiving holiday here in the United States. So I'll give you a quick rundown of that local gambling and then jump into recapping the month of November as part of the travel segment. And that's for a reason. I'm going to do it in travel segment for a reason because after that, it is off to the virtual VIP lounge where I will be sharing part one of a two-part interview with Professor Slots. Professor Slots is an actual rocket scientist. He has three PhDs and he figured out how to turn playing slots from a game of chance into a game of skill. And he wrote a book about that called Learning to Win, and we have it linked on the website. He also has a website and a podcast. They are both excellent resources for gamblers interested in slot machine play. So just three segments today. And I'm going to keep the travel segment focused on the results for the month. Since Guardian and the Jet have not checked in, and there isn't much going on in the Casino Combat Galaxy this week... Uh, I'm going to ask you to indulge me as I ramble a little bit before we get to that first segment. I just, I've got kind of a couple things going on in my head. Um, and, and I have a purpose to it. And I, I try to always ramble with a purpose and sometimes I don't accomplish that, but I try to. So I've got a purpose to all this. Um, I, I've been playing with a lot of confidence lately and also with a kind of, uh, maybe sadness is the wrong word. Sadness is what it says here in the script. Maybe sadness isn't exactly the right word. But I'm playing with confidence, and at the same time, that confidence is causing me to see stuff that just kind of really makes me feel bad a little bit. And the confidence comes from the fact that over the past three or four months, for the first time really in my entire life, I've met other winning gamblers, consistently winning gamblers, not just people who win from time to time. I've met other people who are good at this. And as part of that process, I've been thrilled to find out that while these other gamblers might describe things a little differently or calculate bankrolls a little differently or use a slightly different version of exit points or different terminology, we all do the same basic things. We have all learned the hard way how to be good at gambling and came to the same conclusions independently about what is important to do that well. This validation of what I have discovered through trial and error has made it easier for me to stick to what I know works and be more confident than ever that I have things sorted out correctly. I can't really explain to you what it's like to have gone through 30 years of being the only person that I knew who knew how to do this. And in that way, not really knowing if I was right or wrong, just trusting that the numbers were relatively consistent, but I didn't know. For all I knew, I was just going to have a, a, a bad five years to go with a good five years, right? Well, seeing other people do this has confirmed to me that it, this is a real thing, that it is possible. So what about the, the kind of sadness or negative emotion piece? And that that comes from as I'm playing and as I'm playing with this confidence, I'm, I'm seeing people who don't know how to be good at gambling or if they do know, don't have the confidence and the discipline to do what needs to be done. And it, I, for whatever reason, it's kind of been bugging me. And let me give you a few examples from the last week, 10 days, um, all of which occurred at various blackjack tables. So the first time, first one of these that kind of just 
bugs me. And maybe I'm just getting in my own head about things. So I sit down at a blackjack table and the gentleman sitting to the right of me, as I'm sitting down, loses a hand and kind of looks at two big towers of green $25 chips and comments to me that he should probably leave. And so I asked if he was winning or losing and he said he was winning. So I asked my next question, which was, have you, you know, have you doubled the money you started with? Cause that's always my starting to be ready to walk out the door piece. When I've doubled what I bought in with, I'm thinking about getting away from that table. And he shared that, in fact, he had won just a little bit more than twice what he started with. And at that point, I agreed with him and said, yep, that's usually an indication that you should leave if you lose one or two more hands. He loses the next three hands and then made a four-unit bet up from a one-unit bet, and he lost that. That's Eight units I watched him lose. So his win stack just got reduced by two-thirds during the five hands that I'd observed. He now starts doing things like splitting fours against a dealer's nine. That's ridiculous. And doubling sevens against a dealer's six. Plays that are not good, solid, basic strategy plays. Plays that over time are going to cause you to lose more than you win when you play that hand. His bets are randomly jumping from one unit to five units with no particular pattern. By the time I left the table with a small profit, he had lost the profit he had when I sat down and his original buy-in money and pulled more money out of his pocket to continue playing. He had no exit strategy. He was a winner. He had a nice win. If you can double your money playing blackjack, you've done well. So he has no exit strategy, and then he has my exit strategy. I tell him what I would do and that he should probably leave, and he continued to play, and that's fine. It's his money, but as I said, it just makes me a little sad. Think about this another way. If you can consistently put money in the stock market and double it, you would leave, right? If you could put in $100 and an hour later have 100 and the next day do it again, and the next day do it again, and the next day do it again, why in the world would you wait to lose that money and have it all be gone, your original 100 and the next 100? Maybe frustrating. Maybe sad isn't the right word. I guess I'm not really sad. I'm just kind of more frustrated and annoyed that someone would have that kind of win in front of them, acknowledge it, talk about it, discuss leaving, and lose it all, everything they started with, and then probably the more money in their pocket that they pulled out. So I left this gentleman and left that table and I've got my little small profit and I, and I spot at another table, uh, my friend, my ally, my casino ally, Chester. And so I join him and Chester's a good guy and he spends a lot of his time gambling. In fact, I've run into Chester unplanned in both Las Vegas and Atlantic City as well as multiple times. I met him at our local casino and then in various points, I'm in Atlantic City, I'm in Las Vegas and we just happen to run into each other. But as I said, a good guy, he knows gambling. In fact, over a year ago, the first time he saw me and I had a vest on, he took one look and said, I get it, I really do, that's a good idea. I always wear cargo pants for exactly the same reason. As I said, smart guy, he was able to discern the purpose of the vest from a gambling point of view in boom, boom, two seconds. So as I'm gambling with Chester, he doesn't hit a couple of 16s against a dealer's 10 or an ace showing. And of course, he proudly told me that he's consistent. For some reason, people who choose to play wrong on purpose always want to brag about being consistently wrong. And since I know Chester fairly well, I said, I appreciate the consistency, but it just seems to me, it just seems to mean you're losing the hand more than you should. And he asked how I came to that conclusion, and I explained that while I didn't recall the exact percentages, a hard 16 against a dealer's 10 is a hand that you as a player are going to lose more than 60% of the time, regardless of what you do. But you're going to lose it 67% of the time if you don't take a card, and 62% of the time if you do take a card. He was losing that hand 5% more times than he should lose it if he consistently played according to basic strategy. And of course, it's not my place to tell anybody how to play their money. Chester continued to play consistently wrong, and he continued to lose that hand more than he should. And at this same table, playing on my right hand, was a woman I'd never met before. And after about 10 minutes, she's out of chips, so she buys an extra $300 in chips. And about 30 minutes after that, she remarked that she needed to wrap things up 
It was time to head home, and she's only got a few chips left, and then she gets a phone call, and she takes the call, and she says, I'm at the casino and getting ready to leave. I'll see you in a little bit. As I said, she was almost out of chips. A few hands later, her chips were gone. She said her goodbyes to the dealer and the other players and stood up and started walking away. One step, two steps, three steps, turn around, pause, and she tells the dealer to mark her spot. She's going to be right back. Hold that spot for her. She returned a few minutes later with five $100 bills, which I assume because they were $100 bills came out of the ATM machine. And she continued to play along with me and with Chester, and she bet one chip at a time for the next 30 or 40 minutes. Remember, she was going to leave when she ran out of chips. She played for another 30, 40 minutes. And eventually, I at that point left the table with a small profit. Do not know what happened. But when I left, she once again had three green $25 chips remaining in her stack out of the $500 in green chips she had had just a moment earlier. A very, very classic case of not realizing or not knowing, maybe realizing is the wrong word, not having anybody explain to her that you are not likely to win back the hundreds and hundreds of dollars that you lost one $25 green chip at a time. Frustrating, depressing, saddening. I'm not sure saddening is a word, but let's pretend it is. It just... It's all of that that so many people don't know how to win consistently and leave with their wins. Okay, but sharing my feelings doesn't really do you any good, does it? It doesn't really help you be better at all. Was there a point to all of that? There was. This is the point that I wanted to get to, and I laid it out that way. Sometimes the, the, the road needs to be a little long and wandering so that the point lands better. If you listen to this podcast, you know how to be good at this. You do know how. You have the tools. You do not need to be these people. And if you don't know yet, if you're relatively early in the listening process, you can listen to the Boot Camp playlist on the Casino Combat YouTube channel and learn how to be good at casino gambling. You do not have to be one of these people making these kinds of mistakes. That is the point. Regular listeners to this podcast have all of the tools they need to avoid all of the situations I just described. You have everything you need. We are not one of that group of people who don't know how or what to do. We are a small minority, people that listen to this podcast and do what I describe in this podcast are part of a very, very small group, a group it took me 30 plus years to find who know how to avoid these mistakes. You should play with confidence. You should play with the knowledge that you know what you're doing. Doing what we discuss here and you do that with confidence, and you know that over time you are going to win cash comps and gifts. Over the long term, it is going to work out that way. This is repeatable, and we've seen that that is true. And in that context, losing shouldn't bother you. Because as long as you use a pre-established negative exit point that is relatively small compared to your bankroll, there has there is no reason for losing to bother you. Losing is just what something that happens occasionally on the way to winning months and winning years. As Inner Circle Casino member, Virginia Casino player Doug told us, you should be casino confident because you listened to this podcast and learned what we share here. And if that is how you feel, if you feel casino confident, please spell confident with a K. All right. Enough reflection, enough nasal, navel gazing, um, just stuff that was on my mind. And we had a little extra time, I thought, in the podcast. So there we go. And we're going to jump into our first segment now. And our first segment today is a core concept segment. One of the core concepts of Casino Combat is to, A, use a wagering system. And if that's only lightly implied, that means we're not going to just bet the same amount over and over and over again. I've talked about why. So the one of the core concepts is to use a wagering system. And that wagering system should include progressive and regressive wagers based on the outcome of previously made wagers. We're not going to just bet one unit, one unit, one unit, one unit, and we're not going to just randomly guess when the bet should be bigger or smaller. We are going to have a process to this whole thing. 
Progressive wagers are increasingly larger wagers made after previous winning bets. Those take advantage when things are just going your way and you're winning and winning and winning and winning. Regressive wagers are larger wagers made after previously lost hands. That's how we catch up to the what we've lost. It's very difficult to lose three in a row and make that back if you're just betting the same amount over and over. You have to win four times in a row if that's what you're doing. Our regressive wagers handle that, and that's why they're part of any wagering system that I use. In previous episodes, I've shown you TRG Wagering System 1, which is discussed in Episode 3 and Episode 11, as well as TRG Wagering System 2, Always be grinding in episode 62 and 63. Inner Circle member East Coast Emissary was kind enough to create decision trees for both of those systems so that you have a visual way to understand them as well as an audio way to understand them. And those are available for download in the FRED 4.6 section of the website. Both of those wagering systems have been extensively tested. Years and years and years of testing and proving that they work over time. I find TRG Wagering System 1 to be better suited to vacation play or resort play in cities like Las Vegas or Atlantic City where there are lots and lots of casino and table choices. And I find Always Be Grinding to be better suited for play where casino tables and choices are limited. I tend to play Always Be Grinding most of the time now. I shared TRG Wagering System 3 with you, the Meta Martingale, and that was originally shared in episode 20. It is an aggressive system that can be used as an addition to either of the first two systems. In a nutshell, the Meta Martingale involves doubling your unit size at the next table after playing a losing table, and then doubling it again after the second losing table as you move to the third. If you play your first table, for example, if you play your first table with a $10 unit size, you leave that table having lost seven units. You play the next table with a $20 unit size with a 10 unit buy-in. That implies your bankroll needs to be larger if you're going to use the Meta Martingale. You need to plan to use it. You need to scale your bankroll to use it. You cannot do this short on funds. This system applies the principles of martingale wagering not to a table or a series of wagers, but to an entire casino visit. And that also means you have to have an appropriate time roll. You have to have enough time to get through the whole process to get through the third table. Recently, I've been experimenting with a modification to the Meta Martingale that makes it a little more conservative. It pulls back just a little bit on the risk. I've discussed in the past first understanding my wagering systems and then modifying them to make them work the way you want them to work for you. Almost all three of my approaches to wagering can be made more aggressive with increased risk or more conservative with less risk based on how you adjust when and how wager increases occur, either at the table or during the visit. More conservative approaches may require a smaller bankroll and a larger time roll. More aggressive approaches may require a larger bankroll and a smaller time roll. The variation I've been using involves when I increase the unit size at an additional table. In this variation, if I leave a table after losing the first table, so play the first table, lose at the first table, I'll use the same unit size on the next table on the assumption that if that's a winning table, it will offset the losses for the first table and perhaps generate a small profit after I've recouped my losses. And it will do that without increasing the amount of risk because the wager size isn't going to go up. The amount of money at risk isn't going to go up. However, if I have another losing table, that's a total of two losing tables. Now I'll increase my unit and buy-in size by 100%. So if we're using that fictional $10 table, if I was doing a $100 buy-in and playing with a $10 unit size, now I'm buying in with $200 and using a $20 unit size. This is back to the idea that it's difficult to get back to even if you just keep betting the same one unit at a time or the same unit size at a time. Let's assume a seven unit loss at each of two tables. That's $140 at a $10 unit size, which means that by winning just seven units at a $20 unit size, I'm back to the break even point. At that point, if I had no reason to leave the table, I'd pull everything but 
10 $10 units, I'd pull everything but $100 off the table and return to trying for a reasonable win at the smaller original unit size from that point. Flip side of that, if I lost another seven units at that third table, that's a total of 280 lost on three tables. 70, 70, 140. At the fourth table, I'd increase my unit size to a full $40. And again, I'd buy in with, with, uh, 10 buys, 10 units. So I, $40, $400 buy in. And here again, 280 divided by 40 is seven. If I win just seven units, I'm back to even for the day and I can return to the smaller original unit size to try to get my day's pay win amount and leave the casino. If I lose seven units again, it's been a rough day. It's been a very rough day and it's time to go home and it's time to regroup. Four lose, I suppose if you were at a resort, it's time to end your gambling for the day or at least for the session and go do something else. Pool, volcano, spa, food, something. Look, four losing tables in a row doesn't happen very often. And as I've said, you need money in the safe to keep playing if this happens. In my case, that money is available. Although, I can't really recall the last time this worst-case scenario happened. But this is an excellent point to wrap up on. Meta Martingale, modified or unmodified, is not something you should do if you're just starting out and have bankroll limits to be focused on. And it's a strategy that has to be planned for and properly funded. Okay, travel segment is next, and I will review our gambling results for the month of November 2021. I'm going to mess with our normal one week per episode timeline here to accommodate the fact that the Thanksgiving holiday kept me local for the last week of November. And then there were just two days in the next week that finish up the month. So I'm going to condense all that down and then go through the results for the month. And and I'm going to really kind of pop through the, the stuff for the week pretty quickly here and get to the results for the month. Early in the week, I did the stop at the horse track for free slot play thing. I picked up a roasting pan. I guess that's because it was almost Thanksgiving. I I guessed why would you give away a roasting pan. That's the only reason I can think of. But free slot play, roasting pan, and a comp lunch. It was a lunch I didn't have to buy. And and this is on the way from A to B, a variety of reasons. I then went to my local casino for the first of four visits across the week, always planned around various promotions because that's one of our casino wisdoms, plan around your promotions. All total for the nine days to end the month, I received free slot play once, free table bets three times, my parking was comped on all four visits to my local casino, and that may not sound like a big deal, I I get if that maybe doesn't sound like a big deal to you, but my local casino is right in the middle of a major downtown area, it's right beside sports arenas, parking is expensive down there, parking goes up when there are events at the sports arenas. If I hadn't received those parking comps, it would have required me to pay for parking and I would have been out of pocket. I would have had expenses that amounted to a day and a half's pay. So that is a meaningful expense to have comped off and it makes it easier for me to just pop in and out of my local casino and and take advantage of what they're giving away. On those visits, I got a great cast iron griddle on one visit, a set of three cast iron skillets on another. On the final visit, I picked up a really cool t-shirt designed by a local artist. In fact, the last visit was really just, I wanted the shirt and all I had to do was park and walk in to get it. And so that's what I did. Uh, and on another side note, my oldest son decided he didn't want to do cast iron in his Airbnb. So Mrs. TRG turned around and found someone online who was a cast iron enthusiast and they paid us cash for all of it. Money in our pocket from selling the things that we were given. So that all worked out. Um, over the course of those visits, I ended up playing six losing and uh, seven winning blackjack tables, but actually for those tables took a small loss of just over a third of a day's pay. However, with the holidays, a lot more people around, a lot more friends around, so I spent some time with various friends, continuing my quest to learn to find a way to play craps well. I think I'm past craps for education, gambling for education for craps. I think I'm more on to gambling for research at this point as it applies to craps. I managed to win almost two days pay playing craps. So from the point of view of the week, I continued to win money on a weekly basis. In fact, not only on a weekly basis, on a day by day basis. When I break down each day, 
I haven't had a losing day in in the last half of the month of November. Uh, I have to go back to the Friday night of that weekend Mrs. TRG and I spent at Casino One uh, in the middle of the month to get back to the last time I had a losing day. That's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Having the numbers to know that is also very, very useful. Let's dig into results for the month then. Starting with the ground rules for this part of the podcast, and I apologize if you've heard these before. I am not sharing all of this to impress you or to impress anyone. Please don't be impressed. I recently started sharing results with a professional gambler in Las Vegas. He consistently wins what I consider one or two days pay every day in 45 minutes. That's impressive. What I did is not impressive. It is just normal, and I'm not trying to convince you that this is anything special. The purpose from a podcast point of view of reporting the results for the month is to show you that what I teach in this podcast works and works consistently. That is the purpose of this. I am not doing this to make you say, oh, wow, look at what this guy did. I have also discovered that I benefit personally tremendously by spending a little time at the end of each month going over what really happened and what really... I get to dig in and understand the results. I get to see the trends. I get to see the process. I get to see that, oh, Mrs. TRG only really gambled for for two days. We made one trip. She didn't really have time to do anything else. I get to see how all of that fits together and really understand it. And understanding stuff like that makes you better. It really, really does. It's like uh, an athlete watching game film, right? It's going back and seeing what you did and seeing what maybe you could do a little bit differently and see what you can improve, see where you didn't follow your techniques properly. That's the purpose this all serves. If you're not doing a monthly review of your own, you should be doing, in my opinion, a monthly review of your own. Also, if this is your first time, I have an amount I want to win if I visit my local casino on a day I have no consulting work to do. I call that amount one day's pay. When we wrap up the month, I divide all the results for the month by that one day's pay number so that we can talk about things as if I earned $1 a day. That makes things nice and easy and simple. It makes the dollar amounts easy to follow. If you want to understand how this would impact your life, if you got similar results, just figure out your one day's pay number. Figure out what that number is and multiply my numbers by that amount. So if I say I received $1 in match bets and you earn $500 a day, that would be an extra $500 in match bets added to your life. If you earn $50 a day, then it's $50 added to your life. Either way, it's money you would have to work a day to get. There we go. Those are the ground rules. Not bragging. Plenty of people do much better. And everything is reduced to the if I earned a dollar a day scale. Ground rules out of the way. For the month of November 2021, Mrs. TRG and I won $5.90 playing blackjack, cash money in our pocket. And I won an additional $1.22 playing craps. We lost money playing slots with our own money, amounting to $1.81. So that's three losing months in a row for TRG Slot Strategy El Numero Dos, which is not a good thing. You can download that as an ebook. With the Fred 4.6 section of the website, it also has the slot strategy that I use to play with free money when they give me free slot play. It's frustrating to have my slot strategy not win money this month, but that strategy is still producing more winning months than losing months over the life of the podcast. So I'm going to keep I'm going to keep publicly testing it. I guess is what you would call. I've called this reality podcasting in, in the past. It is. I give you the real results. We may find out over the course of the next 18 months that, eh, this strategy doesn't work. Hopefully things turn around for this strategy, but we will see. As a couple, we received 78 cents in free slot play, and I used it to win 98 cents using TRG slot strategy number one. So that strategy way overperformed this month. That's a really good return. 98 cents returned out of 78 cents given is excellent. Usually I'm expecting to win about 50%. So I would have been very, very happy if that 78 cents had generated 40 cents in, in, in payback. It generated more than double that. So that was excellent. And most of that honestly came from one slot machine. I had the one machine I told you about. It had the one machine at the horse track, third spin, bonus round, big bonus, and, and everything else was just profit from there. Our expenses were very low this month, partially as the result of the holiday, partly as the result of Mrs. TRG's very busy schedule. 
but very, very low expenses, just $1.03 spent to do the task of gambling for profit this past month. Add up the money won on blackjack, on craps, and playing the free slot play. Subtract out the money lost, playing slots with our own money and our expenses, and we have a profit after expenses of $5.27 for the month of November 2021. Gambling added the equivalent of an extra week's paycheck to our lives in cash, and that money was processed using Casino Wisdom number 93. Over the past few weeks, which is where most of this win has occurred, I've been making a variety of small choices, including putting money in the safes to offset future losses and paying for a couple of projects around the house without touching the actual home improvement money. That's a nice thing to do. When gambling pays for things you were going to do to your house and had saved money to do to your house, that is an excellent choice to, to, to put some of this money into. Okay, we sorted out the cash. How else did we benefit from gambling last month? We received $3.37 in comps. 30, so that's three days pay, a little more than three days pay in comps in various ways. 34 cents in match bets, 97 cents in free bets. Combined with the free slot play we already talked about, that's roughly two days pay that various casinos gave us to gamble with. That's free money for gambling. We received 77 cents in gifts of various kind. And I told you that some of those gifts got claimed and some of those gifts got sold for cash. Total it all up. Cash won. Comps, gifts, money to gamble with, our gambling added $9.05 in value to our lives. Almost an extra two weeks pay. Very, very literally. I'm using the word literally correctly here. This is like Mrs. TRG getting a third paycheck for the month. That is exactly what this amount of money is like. It was a very good casino combat month. Uh, oh, yep. Sorry. Other statistics that I've been giving you the past few months that I almost forgot. These results were achieved from 27 winning and 24 losing blackjack tables. And that means we managed our positive and negative exit points very well to generate almost six days pay in profits from just three more winning than losing tables. We also played eight winning and 12 losing slot machines. And a final thought on that. Between work and family, as I said, Mrs. TRG only spent one weekend at a casino with me. And that certainly reduced our slot play and may account for the loss. If we'd have had more tries... And she tends to play slots a little more than I do. If we had had more tries, we might have offset that that small loss. And that'll fix itself out. That should balance a little more this month. We're traveling as a couple to Biloxi. We're traveling as a couple to Las Vegas. And and we're going to do that as a couple to celebrate the holiday. So we should have a kind of a more balanced uh, her-me kind of ratio of slot play as a result of that. Okay, month wrapped up. Spreadsheet saved. On to the next month for Team TRG. So, as a podcast squad, let's adjourn to the virtual VIP lounge. A little bit of the bubbly. Our virtual VIP lounge is open, and we have the best of virtually everything a VIP lounge should offer. Dark liquors on the left, clear liquors on the right. Virtual beer, wine, soft drinks, as well as still and sparkling water right in the middle. If you're driving, if you're working out, if you're doing yard work, or anything else that requires sobriety, please mentally pour yourself a virtual something to enjoy with us. I am not doing any of those things. In fact, I am not even talking for most of this segment. So I'll be having effing apple vodka with a little bit of cranberry juice today. Kind of tastes like a Jolly Rancher candy if you're familiar with those. Hopefully, if you can, you will pour something and join me because we're going to enjoy this together. As I mentioned to start the episode, I recently discovered a fascinating book called Learning to Win, written by fellow podcaster Professor Slots. He and I recently got to know each other a little bit and talked about the book and gambling. We tried to keep the conversation to 30 minutes. However, we failed. We have very similar personalities. We both tend to ramble a bit. He's a professor, a real professor, as well as a slot professor. He he tends to go into a very fun kind of teaching, explaining mode. The end result of that is that we went long. It was a lot of fun, and I wanted to share the entire conversation with you. I didn't really find anything I wanted to chop out, particularly, so I just divided the interview into two parts. Here is part one of my interview with Professor Slots. All right, everybody. All right, we've got a really, really uh, a great guest for you today um, here in the virtual VIP lounge. Um, we literally have with us uh, a rocket scientist with so many degrees that I'm not even going to try to do them justice. Uh, he has written an amazing book 
on slot machine play that I found purely by accident. Uh, it's called Learning to Win, How to Make a Profit at Slot Machine Gambling. And if the little bits of stuff I've written about slot play and talked about, because you know I don't really know that, if, if that is Slot Play 101, then this is Slot Play 503. This is a scholarly work written by someone who is incredibly knowledgeable about this aspect of gambling. Uh, it reads a lot like a textbook, and I mean that as a compliment. I have actually found myself pulling out a highlighter and like I was in college highlighting things. So what we have, who we have with us today is John H. Friedel, Jr., Ph.D., who also goes by the name Professor Slots. So, Professor Slots, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you taking the time to join me here. Well, that was a wonderful intro. Uh, yes, it's uh, nice to be here, and, and, and thank you for the introduction. Oh, sure. Um, so, you have a very, very interesting origin story in the book. You came to gambling much later than I did in my life chronologically. And, and as you explained in the book, unlike a lot of us, you had some success pretty early in the process. So I thought maybe walk us through, because the origin, your origin story is in the book, but walk us through how you decided to write a book, and then maybe share with our listeners the book's journey from being an idea to, to something that's actually on the shelves and people can buy. And then, I, I guess bonus, I found out kind of after the fact that you've got all these additional resources on your website. Yes. Uh, so uh, what happened? My family gambles. Uh, they, they, you know, years ago, I, uh, uh, they, they enjoyed having harness racing in Michigan where I grew up. Uh, it's not where I live now. And um, it's a type of horse racing with a small cart uh, behind the horse and uh, two wheel cart. Uh, and if you've heard of it, and my family just loved that. So you know, gambling was a part of my growing up. Nobody thought poorly of it. Uh, nobody did too many excesses uh, of that. So it was didn't have a bad reputation. It was just part of my life. Now, when I, you know, so that was there. But slots was relatively new. We'll call it um, 15 years ago uh, was when I kind of walked into a casino on my own for the first time. I was uh, in graduate school in Iowa, I was, my family's in Michigan, and I've been going back and forth, back and forth with all those degrees. It took a decade of going to graduate school to, <laughs> to, get, to get half of my degrees. And and so uh, I got tired of just driving under like Michigan, outside of Chicago, <laughs> along the high, highways there. So at one time I was like middle of summer, and I'm like, I'm going home the other way which is through the Upper Peninsula of Michigan over to Duluth and then straight down to uh, the university in Iowa that I was attending. And, you know, it's a long trip and I, you know, became night. I was in the Upper Peninsula. And so I stopped at Kiwad Inn, uh, Manistique. Or rather, I stopped at a hotel and they gave me some free coin, uh, free play uh, for, you know, just down the road to the casino. And I'm like looking at 20 bucks in free play uh, in my hand. Uh, some they, gave me tokens at the time and I was like okay and I uh, I guess and kind of nervous and uh, you know all this uh, I remember this pretty clearly and I understand that people who are never played slots before um, you know go through much of the same thing walking into the casino uh, a little worried um, uh, you know it's it immediately dark uh, it's smoky at least it was there then in Michigan um, yeah. and Air handling systems were not great that uh, 15 years ago, and it was just lots of flashing lights. And I remember, like 20 minutes later, uh, uh, I had spent the $20 in tokens, another $50, which I could barely afford to lose. <laughs> I'm standing outside, and my clothes are smelling like smoke, and I have allergies to tobacco. And I'm just like, "What just happened?" And you know, <laughs> I, I win. I don't know. <laughs> I have no memory. <laughs> And and so, you know, that, but I, I had this long drive home. So I did this long drive home and I started thinking about what was that? You know, what rules do I need to have uh, so that I don't like spend my food money? And now I just have to get home to my apartment with with, with my Raymond noodles and, you know, and, and uh, I just get there. And I, I didn't spend my gas money, thankfully. And anyway, yeah. 
uh, I got home. And by that point, I had been thinking about, okay, do this, do that, uh, be sure about not spending money. You know, it's the important things I think that you've already spoken about in your in your podcast. Um, golden rule slots, don't take money into the casino. That um, That's, I, I call it my golden rule slots. Uh, don't take money into the casino that you can't afford to com- comfortably lose. Uh, and and so that's yep. like yep. big rule. And yep, as you as you know, you know. So I, I take the logic approach and and start putting some of this stuff together. And and then I was over at uh, Omaha Zoo on another trip, and there was a lakeside casino, and I used my rules to to you know only only this much to spend, and when you spend it, you get to leave and all that. And what an atrocious awful rule i had no idea how wrong it was i left 12 hours later uh as soon as i walked in, i won 500 dollars. i only took in you know 50 dollars, and i had to get back down to 50 dollars before i was allowing myself to leave but rules are rules and it's still you know i i'm, I'm like i gotta drive home yet and uh, there's just a lot of experiences where i was kind of shocked by the whole industry hotels were like we don't take um cash because you have to pay later and you might not have cash. We don't take credit because you can match up your credit cards. You have to pay in advance, you know, in only certain ways. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> That's a whole new animal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just so they could protect themselves from um, people who uh, you know, have gambling issues. Uh, and so I drove home, almost hit a deer, two o'clock in the morning. And But I was thinking the whole time going, okay, so, wow, there's a bit more to this. And then when I got home, I tried to find some place closer, and that was in uh, Des Moines. Uh, I don't know if I should mention the casino, but the one in Des Moines in Altoona. Uh, and I, 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 well, uh, I, I played for uh, you know a low limit machine. Then I started looking up on the internet. At the time, we didn't have Google; we had Netscape. <laughs> yeah, really, I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and um, then after a few months, I, I, I decided on some better rules. Um, uh, game with multipliers, uh, visible, uh, you know, on the end of a row, things I really expanded on later. And I got my mind blown uh, twice. I went in, you know, walked around found what I was looking for that Netscape searches said, you know, this is what you try. And right. I sat down and before five minutes had gone by, I, I, I won a hand pay. Uh, and then, you know, four hours later, uh, I won another hand pay. And in between those two times, I think the first one was only like $1,200 and the second one was like $6,500, you know, and, and I'm, and in between those, I wasn't spending the prior hand pays Almost every push of the button, I was making something. I started making little hash marks on my hand. Um, it was just an incredible experience. Hash marks on my on my hand. This is where the twenty-five dollar wins, fifty dollars wins, hundred dollar wins went, thousand dollar wins. You know, I had like sixty of those, um, and I'm, I'm just like, that's sixty thousand dollars. I'm I'm just working through. I, I did I use a card? No, I didn't use a card. We, you know, I didn't know anything. And, and didn't so, know, yeah. Yeah, and I, after, you know, four hours later, I'm like, I'm going to go home. And I, you know, kind of like thought about it for three, four hours. And then I was back later that evening for another four hours when another couple of hand pays. They're all listed in the book. And I ended up, uh, I don't think I, the next six days, I don't think I went uh, like two or three of those days because, you know, I was in school and graduate school and things had to be done. But right. then I, I would get back there, get back there, get back there. And I won 13 hand pays. Um, I, uh, totaling, what was it, $30,000 uh, with all the other money um, and the winnings from that. The, the first day I had uh, just under $10,000. Uh, and, you know, it was all very in cash. And I'm just like, you know, that's, that's, that's my annual salary. As a as a and a stipend as a graduate student, what is this? And that blew my mind that you could just go back and win, and all you did was win. And that wasn't anything. I didn't know much about slots, but uh, what the rumor was, or what you know was just percolating around, uh, was you lose, and I wasn't losing. And I was like, so this isn't luck. This is the casino's doing something. 
and that's about as far as I got because I was like, I don't know what they're doing, um, uh, but I just know that I'm winning. And then that that blew my mind. But then my mind was blown again when I went on went in on the seventh day. I took my usual five hundred dollars, put it into the slot machine, and it was gone about ten minutes later. <laughs> And I was like, not only did they do it, which blew my mind, but they stopped. And that blew my mind even more. It's like, well, I kind of thought the first, you know, when I was winning, that it's kind of obvious that this is not statistics, you know, anything like something, something's going on. I need to figure out what that is. And then they stopped and I'm like, well, let's just call that confirmation. And so yep. uh, based on that, um, I, you know, Long story short, I, I, I graduated. I moved to Connecticut. There really wasn't much to go see there. I, I went to um, Mohegan Sun once, um, but it was just all different. And I realized now that different casinos have different things going on. It's not, uh, uh, you know, I'm it's not like I'm lucky and it's the universe. You know, it's between me and the casino, not between me and the universe. And so, uh, you know, I kind of said, I need to think about what happened. And I spent the next years, next 10 years, just reflecting on, you know, what the heck was that? And start reading a little bit more about what's going on. I, you know, I, I didn't find any books. Uh, and I was like, okay, you know, I now I realize there's a couple of anecdotal stuff out there, but nothing like a book. And I apologize for the books. You're reading like a textbook. It doesn't really... Um, you know, it's not too bad. Uh, it's I try to make it entertaining. Oh, I yeah, uh, I didn't. I didn't want to consider that a negative. I wasn't. I wasn't calling it that in a negative way. I but it just it still was impressed. It, it, well, it's it, it still could be. But I I uh, wrote a the last thing I wrote before that was a dissertation for my PhD. And so, you know, that's the only example that I have. Anyway, uh, uh, and I can easily get distracted and off topic and tell you about the famous author, the best-selling author I met who said, don't wait, uh, you know, start writing now. And, and a few months before I came up with the idea to write this book, but I had noticed that there wasn't a slots book out there um, that mattered. Um, and my audience members still tell me that, that uh, you're it, John. Um, and maybe that's true or maybe that's not, but I think they've looked hard and long. And, and so I, I, uh, 10 years of reflection, then I got uh, recruited to a new job in Ohio uh, about a year and a half before the casinos opened uh, with slots. Oh, I had okay. horse travel before that. And, and so uh, they came to uh, Ohio in 2013 uh, with the, the state allowing slot machines at casinos, but also at the racetracks. Uh, and don't need to get into all those details. It's interesting and I think helpful to understand what the rules are if you're going to win at something. But, um, but let, uh, me, let me let me interject if I could just interject there one sure. one uh, question. Um, are they you know from what I know of that part of the country are they slot machines run by a gambling commission or are they machines that look like slot machines but you're actually playing the lottery and maybe you don't know that maybe that's unfair i do um i have researched uh again and again i do one a week um all of the states the federal district uh Washington, the district of columbia and the territories which by the way northern mariana islands is one of our territories the u.s territories and they're called the macau of the Mariana Stre uh, uh, Trench. So oh. I mean, some of these territories, yeah, some of these territories are just huge in the gambling. But in any case, I've gone through each of those about four times. Uh, I, it gets me about, takes me about 13 weeks of doing weekly articles to go through them. And I, I post on those so people understand what the gaming rules are. Uh, you know, what are the limitations and, and uh, who does what and, you know, all these things that can be helpful to understand uh, you're paying taxes, you know, what's going on. And so in Ohio, they have four what they call casinos. Uh, technically, uh, casinos is an overused term. Let's let's call them casino resorts. And then you have seven racetracks that are allowed to have slot machines. Not poker games, not table games, uh, not even video right. poker, but but right. uh, okay. just slot machines. And those have the identical uh, gaming regulations, both the casino resort and 
the uh, racetracks with slot machines. Some people call them racinos. Now, right. they're identical, but they're actually uh, controlled by two different groups. So the re casino resorts, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I call myself Professor Slots because the, I'll never not be kind of like a little bit of a professor. <laughs> so yeah, no, to get yeah. the end of this story, um, uh, and I was a popular professor, by the way, but um, to get to the end of the story, uh, the State Gaming Commission runs the casino resorts, the four casino resorts, and the uh, Ohio State Lottery uh, runs the uh, seven racetracks with slot machines, but they have the same rules word for word. Um, oh, okay. I, I, uh, th there is an addition for the casino resorts, which is uh, they work the uh, Ohio uh, Gaming Commission works with the Ohio State Police and uh, they uh, record the crimes that are uh, occur at the four casino resorts. And so you can go look through that and you can see how many people tried to cheat and burglary and thievery. Apparently that's two different uh, 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 crimes <laughs> and, and uh, you know, over $500, under $500. And you can just look through this list and you, casino by casino, casino resort by casino resort, you can see what kind of crimes take place. And I don't know that there are no other U.S. states, territories or the federal district that actually record this. So if you are in a medium sized casino and you want to know in some other state, and you want to know how many crimes take place, go to the Ohio gaming statistics and, you know, pick uh, what what would be a good one to pick. Um, uh, Jack Cleveland. Uh, right now, it's uh, uh, Hard Rock Cincinnati. That's their third owner since they opened in 2013. Um, and you can just see what crimes take place. I mean, uh, some people are worried about, uh, you know, how difficult it is at some of these places. And, and now you can just see what the state reports. Uh, but only Ohio. So that's the unique thing that, and my point here is that every state has these unique rules and they're quite fascinating. Uh, uh, but no, go ahead. I, 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 yeah, no, I no, could no. go on to that. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, we have that in common. Uh, and and, and to, to jump off of that, because I did see on your website that you had these state-by-state -state breakdowns, and, and once again, a very uh, uh, amazing effort on your part to break all this down and to bring those 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 resources to gamblers. The idea that you know, if you really want to understand your state, you can go to professorslots.com and, and find your section on this. Um, and and obviously, you understand this at an incredibly uh, in-depth level. Um, but you you talk in the book about slot machines becoming a game of skill instead of a game of chance. And I really like to think that. Um, the game of casino gambling, not necessarily the games in the casino, but the bigger game, the comps and the gifts and all of that, is a, is a game also that I always think is is what I'm playing and that there's skill there. You know, there's obviously skill in playing blackjack well and properly. But uh, um, does the fact that – I mean, if, if a state determined that your techniques had actually made slot machines a game of skill, would that – if they believed that and acted on it, would that make them less legal in some states? Uh, no, it would make oh. them. They would make them more legal because uh, more states restrict games of chance than states restrict games of skill. Uh, if you are in a tribal casino, for instance, uh, they operate under two, uh, they can operate under two possible gaming regulations. The first is a federal law, uh, Indian Gaming Regulatory Act of 1988, which allows them to have bingo style games, which are games of skill. And uh, they can have that. They don't have to talk to the state. The, the state just needs to have any form of gambling. That's one of the little details in that law, that federal law. Uh, and if they have any kind of gambling at all, the, the casino can, you know, like bingo is very popular, uh, the, the room full of people playing, uh, then yeah, sure. Uh, the tribal casinos can have that. They don't have to work out the second set of gaming regulations, which is called a tribal gaming, comp a tribal state compact. And in the tribal state compact, they work out, negotiate with the with the state government 
to have games of chance, but they're allowed to have games of skill. I see. Now, okay. And if you're in Indiana, uh, they have uh, spent a couple of years, two, three years now, um, they started a, uh, a, opened a tribal casino. Uh, what is it? Four Winds. Um, I want to say New Buffalo. No, South Bend. That's uh, with just within the uh, Indiana border from Michigan. And okay. they, cool. they have, they have poker, but they don't have a, and, and that means they can have video poker, which means they can have games of skill. They don't have a, a tribal gaming compact, uh, but they can still have some gaming machines because that's the federal law. Uh, and um, they've even, um, since you can, uh, how do I put this? Um, for those people, and your audience may be a larger group of people who understand poker. Uh, does anybody win at poker? Okay, excellent. I hope you enjoyed that. Come back next week, same bat time, same bat channel, and we will learn the answer to that question. Does anyone win at poker? And we will hear the rest of what Professor Slots had to share with me and with all of you. Please, tip your waitresses, tip your bartenders, tip your dealers. If you have a host, tip your host, but don't tip away your wins. I have spoken. Everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view. It's time for leaving, and I hope you understand I was born a rambling man. Love it, hate it, it don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you so very, very much for listening.